There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Hello and welcome to the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by... Hey, it's me, Jeff. How weird. And who do we have in the corner? This is Harry Mackin. Hey, it's me. Uh, world's biggest Twilight Zone fan. Uh, Twilight Highlight Zone fan, Oh, certainly. that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Uh, you're a former Game Informer intern. Yeah, a long time ago. And you joined us on this grand adventure tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did we do, Harry? Tell us the tale of our own lives. Uh, well, we went to... I, was this for the AMC specifically? Uh, unclear. Unclear. Right. Uh, <laughs> so agreed. Yeah. Um, for the 60th anniversary of the Twilight Zone. The first uh, we, episode, yeah. Yeah, we went to the movie theater. <laughs> you know, uh, they were playing the six episodes of the Twilight Zone at a movie theater yeah. for the 60th anniversary. And then they played like a documentary remembering Rod Serling. Right. At what point, Quirk, were you shifting in your seat saying, what have we done? Because this is so, taking so long. Well, when it didn't start on time. It, and first he, of all, it yep. was like 10 minutes late. Then finally, Hanson, you said, all right, I'm going to be a hero. And you walked over. You're a man who makes things happen. Thank you. I, I will say it like, was amazing. Yeah. I walked. I walked and yeah. I said, hey, there's supposed to be a Twilight Zone thing playing for this audience. And they said, oh. Oh, that's supposed to start at 7? And then they went and played it. But it was just a black screen. It was very yeah. funny how it played, too. They didn't exactly roll out the red carpet. It, it sort of, like, stuttered to life as if somebody had, like, kicked the uh, projector into gear. Right, right. Right around, like, 7.20 or something. Well, I think what happened, they threw a foam football at the play button on the VCR. Because <laughs> they were, like, some interstitial things that were, like... CBS television productions. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This was not a theatrical release. I will say, like, before when you said, like, hey, they're showing some Twilight Zone episodes yeah. in the movie theater, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be at some cool little, like, boutique movie theater right. or something. I thought that folding they, chairs. Like your beloved Trilon and the Twin Cities here, yeah. which you have a podcast about called oh, Try Love. Yeah. Yeah. Try Love, thank you. And then you're like, yeah, it's in Rosedale Center, which if you're not from Minneapolis area is like... It's a biggie. It's a big mall, yeah. so it's at the AMC. Right, and the crowd was... Uh, probably 35% full, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. Um, but 100% full in spirit, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, the wh- lights went down, and the lady behind us said, it must be 80 degrees in here. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. It was, to it be fair, it was very warm in that room. She yeah. wasn't wrong. But there were like, a, it seemed like a couple dates. Um, there were a couple scattered older guys by themselves. Mm-hmm. One guy, when they said, hey, coming up next, or I guess it was Rod Sterling saying, hey, coming up next, we have to serve man. He was like, Woo! Yeah! He was yeah, very you guys excited about saved that me from being that guy, so <laughs> thank you. That's exactly who I would have been. Just you would have put on your old man makeup, like Mission yeah, right. Impossible? Yeah. I see. That's just what happens to me when I'm not around other people. I get it. I uh, I felt bad because during a lot of those episodes, I was laughing, Cork was laughing, because it's a silly old show. People behind us were laughing too I much. think a lot of the people around us were laughing. Good. I don't the think people we were right next to me... We're not laughing really? at all. I felt like, oh, they probably think I'm high or something. It was like, no, it's just you can't not laugh while watching yeah, the invaders. Watching this <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were taking notes and, and sort of nodding right, contemplatively. Yeah. I think the people behind us had never seen oh, a lot of those episodes before, which was ideal. It was yeah. so good. Like the gasps of like some of the big moments, you know, like, should we go over what episodes there were? First, we oh, need to address sure. what the hell is going on, because okay. I bet... We have more people watching this right now than have ever listened to the Twilight Oh, Highlight, yeah. So. Are we being watched? Is that on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's no. actually okay. on. That's why okay. you keep staring right there. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was just not going to pay any attention to it. That's fine. Okay. What this is. Uh, okay. How do we unpack everything here? Okay. So I used to work at a place called Game Informer. Mm-hmm. I left. Jeff Cork, you still work there. It's true. Um, I started a place called MinMax. That is the new home of the Twilight Highlight Zone podcast uh, if you're just listening to this, we're glad to be back in your feed talking about the original Twilight Zone. In this journalist's opinion, the good Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're on MinMax's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash minmaxgames. Two ends. Uh, t- wow, thank you so much. You've been listening. Um, thank you. There's also an audio feed. If you want to listen to this, you can search Twilight mm-hmm. Highlight Zone in the original Twilight Highlight Zone podcast that Jeff Cork and I did, started back in 2013, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we reviewed each and every episode of the original run of the Twilight 
zone, brought it back <laughs> for the Jordan Peele run, yes, um, which horrified Cork to no extent, um, but not in a, not in a good way, right? Or was it a good way? Were you horrified, like, wow, this is horrifying what? and thought provoking? I feel bad because we said we're going to come back and do the Franklins, which is our award show for the new season, uh, right? But I think we were just so deflated by that season. It's like, yeah. ah, I just there don't think there were any Franklins fun. to distribute. Well, there's one great yeah. episode, I think. The yeah. last one called Blurry Man. I yeah. think it's actually really interesting. The rest of them, you really have to go like, most likely to fill an hour. Things like uh, that. Yeah, like, there's only like 10, you know? So yeah. maybe we do it for the entire run once they stop doing the Jordan Peele episodes or something yeah. like that. Um, but okay, now let's get back to the evening. So they played six episodes of the Twilight Zone. Yes. I ordered these tickets like months and months ago. And so the only one I remember for sure was mm-hmm. I remember seeing that Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Because I remember thinking, huh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't know if I had to really? choose six that was episodes. the interesting choice for you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, know, I, get, I know it's a classic, but it feels a little bit like the six they chose is like they took the top third or fourth of Twilight Zone episodes and mm-hmm. then kind of threw a dart at it. You know, it didn't feel like... Mm. It seems insane there's no It's a Good Life on here, right? Right. Yeah. Or Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Exactly. Another it's, huge it's omission. It's wild that that wasn't No living there. doll. It feels like, you know, a Mega Man anniversary collection yeah. where they're just missing <laughs> key yeah. uh, games in the mix here. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the selection overall, Cork? I like most of the episodes. You want to run them down? Yeah, let's run them down real quick. So, look at my notes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, what, an hour ago. Uh, walking <laughs> Distance. Started off with Walking Distance. Okay, we'll unpack one. these a little bit, but just okay. for the, for the Walking overview. Distance, that it did time enough at last, The Invaders, To Serve Man, Eye of the Beholder, and then finally, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. And it's like, what an odd selection. And then there was a short documentary towards the end, which we'll unpack a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's that very frustrating thing. It's the thing that makes me want to tear my hair out when watching, like... Uh, bonus features on Blu-rays. That's you start... exactly what it felt like. Yes, because you start so. watching one of those bonus features, and then you suddenly realize, who is this for? Like, those yeah. bonus features where they're, like, talking about the plot of the movie and recapping what it's going to be like. It's like, what? Did... It was not made for this purpose. So in this documentary, it's about Rod Serling, but then in it, they start explaining in great detail the plot of the episodes that, that we just we watched. Just yes. watched. And we're going on three and a half hours yeah, sitting in these right. chairs. Also, the the quote unquote movie critic, uh, Scott Menz, I think. I don't yeah. know if that's uh, – he also appears before AMC movies, which is why I asked earlier about mm. if this was specifically for the AMC. Because it felt to me when he kept talking, I was like, this guy cut a deal. With like, that's why he's appearing. He was wearing his AMC T-shirt and kept lifting it up. (laughs) That could be completely uh, apocryphal and and not true at all. And I'm just (laughs) disparaging this person. It's funny because we watched the new Twilight Zone, and so watching that, I was like, oh, this is all just a backdoor plug because they had a lot of the producers and writers for the new Twilight Zone. But I guess if you're making a documentary about Twilight Zone, who else are you going to get to talk about it other than? It was cool to see Jordan Peele. Uh, Yeah, I was. I mean, I was into that. He had the most fantastical set. Yeah, yeah sure. a bunch of floating lamps. Yeah, should we just talk about this documentary? It feels like we should. Yeah, uh, uh, we can. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like you know, maybe it's just because I've talked a lot about Twilight Zone doing this podcast mm-hmm. and you know, read books and just heard so many interviews. But it's just like the classic beats that I've heard six thousand times of you know that Rod Serling, kind of ahead of his time. He talked about get this. He talked about the issues of the day. But using it through metaphors at, about aliens. At and one point, things. one of the talking heads says, "I think he was the first person I know." who used fiction to tell allegorical <laughs> stories. And it was it's like, a, wow. I feel right. like over these 60 years, obviously we love Twilight Zone, we love Rod Serling, but like the myth has grown yeah. and grown to the point that like, you know, it's like, oh, he was a genius. He could do no wrong. But like, Cork and I watched every one of those old episodes. Some He uh, did a lot of wrong. <laughs> he did yeah. a lot it of wrong. It turns out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think that's my, my least favorite tendency of documentaries is that it creates this... Um, mythology of a person yeah. and it's just like it's all about how they're the they're greatest person they were ahead of their time they were also so kind and their family loved them and it's like we know like yeah. I, <laughs> most people were beloved by their families right yeah. uh, and it's funny because like i'm the guy that that's for i guess like i love rod serling mm-hmm. like i would put him on my mount rushmore of writers right but like even for a uh person who is already enamored of rod serling hearing that was like all right enough yeah <laughs> like but i think it got really strong towards the end when it started showing more and more clips of rod serling including this interview from him in 1970 talking to 
students at Ithaca, I believe. And it was like, really Ithaca, interesting. Yeah. He was so incredibly well spoken in his cool seventies yeah. hairstyle. That's what that's definitely what they should have opened with and maybe just made the documentary, right? Yeah. Like I was like, Wow, okay, I'm I'm here now. Yeah. And his hair was incredible. Wow, his hair was so good. <laughs> yeah. Good looking dude. It was yeah. like seventies game show host. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um and then also I thought one of the interesting bits was they had a video which seemed like it was Rod Serling made a video for advertisers, right? Where he's mm. kind of explaining what the Twilight Zone yeah. was. And it was fascinating because at some point in there, he's like, oh, we think we're making something really special that's really going to stand the test of time. He yep. like he called the shot, basically, yeah. in the very early phase of the Twilight Zone. It also had this really great moment where he's like walking on the set. <laughs> and then there's he like stands next to a camera and he, he's like, you know, we think that this is going to have some things to say about the con. The culture. It kind of like awkwardly puts his arm. It's just like a little too tall for him. Yeah. I You're so lucky it. this is a video podcast now, Corey. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but then it, he felt like stuck in that pose. Yeah, his arm was like, like breaking. There's another like the, like before every episode uh, that he did his introduction from the television, the original television run, right? Where, where it was like teasing next week's episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one of them, he's like kind of awkwardly embracing himself and his head is cocked to the side like he's... Trying to woo us? Well, then he turned his back and made it look like he was making out with himself, and his hands <laughs> yeah. were clawing. He did a lot of winking place. too. There were a lot yeah. of winking in those interstitials. He, to serve me, he said. <laughs> oh, what? Rod, come on, Rod. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a cool touch and an interesting twist on the documentary to interview so many students that he worked with yeah. at Ithaca College because that phase of his career isn't talked about. Yeah, one of them is like was is an executive producer on the Twilight Zone reboot and has done other television. So it seems like he clearly had a big influence. On, on the students. Yeah, it was a really weirdly hit or miss documentary mm-hmm. because yeah. there were a lot of parts of it I was really into that I was like, wow, I'm really glad that this is happening. And there was yeah. also a lot of like, uh, it, it, it felt like it was searching for a purpose a little bit. Uh, it couldn't, like, it at the end it said remembering Rod Serling and I was like, oh, so this was a documentary about remembering Rod Serling. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. The thing that stuck out to me too, and I will certainly get into it, probably not to this degree, but like, they're talking about how nice he was and how kind he was, and he was always looking out for like people of other races and yeah. people the put upon. He was a big champion of them. Right. Then they show time enough at last. That's like part of this run, and it's like it was not a not a social <laughs> that's fire not a brand. nice episode. That's so mean. It's the meanest imaginable episode. <laughs> I don't think it could have been any meaner to Burgess Meredith. Well. Yeah, he had it coming. He liked a thing a lot. <laughs> yeah. He was a passionate member of society. He is a reader. <laughs> yeah, he said that like that's a thing. Uh, we'll get into that, I guess, in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, no, what you are yeah. is a reader. Reader, dun, 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 dun. Readers are the original gamers. Just <laughs> it's true. Uh, original or like just Overall, what did you guys think about seeing Twilight Zone on the big screen? Like, I assume it's the first time oh, all of us have seen yeah. it outside of maybe you in the movie, well, which I doesn't count. Like, the the first episode is walking distance, and there's yeah. a shot of him eating ice cream where... It's such a close-up I, shot. That specific shot is what I was I've never to. seen a human head bigger on a movie theater screen ever in my entire life because it's this, like, super tight shot where you don't even have his entire face framed in there. And yeah. I had to, like move my head up and down to see everything that was going on. Yeah, I love that shot because overall that was a big takeaway for Walking Distance is seeing it on the big screen, it was better shot than I remembered. It's more interesting. Like yeah. that super close-up shot, there's a point then where he kind of whips his head around because he starts to realize that he's in the past or whatever. But the perspective of the camera fully rotates. So they like have it on a dolly, but like staying on the super close-up as they're like whipping mm. the camera all the way around the room is like, what a weird shot for one of the first episodes ever, The Twilight Zone, to be yeah. that bold. Or even Was it know, the first one that aired? I'm sorry. It was like up there, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, the ordering's always confusing, yeah, me too. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just the shot in that episode that really struck me was when he's out by the carousel and all the kids are filing off, you know, he broke his leg again or the first time however it works um and then just like he gets this spotlight on him outside and it's just like this weird surreal moment where Mm. other than the time travel the rest of the episode isn't too fantastical right Uh, i guess it all is fantastical but just it's such a weird harsh lighting and you can see the kids like it's kind of hitting them too but they're trying to keep him just in it yeah 
It's that was wild. yeah, that was one of the one of the episodes that I I felt like made really good use of being in black and white, which is how hmm. a lot of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes feel. Sure. Uh, seeing um Eye of the Beholder was really cool too because that that episode's lighting is awesome. Uh, yeah. And watching that on on a big screen was really cool. And then if they can hold the twist for Eye of the Beholder on a big screen, you can hold it at any point because like you know the biggest tip of the hand is when you see the leader on the TV. And he's just from far away and you mm-hmm. can fully see that you he can... looks weird. Yeah, clearly it's a pig man. I know what's going on yeah. here, right? But it's yeah. like, I guess if you're watching that on some old Zenith black like, and white, you'd have no idea what's happening on right. there. So it's amazing yeah. that this stuff shot on film. It's interesting yeah. they didn't use any of the uh, shot on video episodes or shot on tape episodes from season two, oh, God, was can it? Can you like, imagine? That would be such garbage. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, no. But it was weird seeing it in a crowd um, cause I felt like some of the episodes dragged a little bit, obviously watching something this old, there's mm-hmm. going to be episodes that drag, but like, holy God, I think time enough at last did that was hold the one the- that, that did it for you. It dragged a little bit. Interesting. I really, that was the one that I was like fully still on board for. Oh, it was, really? Uh, okay. Invaders for me being the third movie, right in the, or third show right in the middle. I was yeah. like, I can't believe they chose that one for right in the middle because that's like a 24 minute episode that feels to me like it's an hour and a half long. But it's cool, right? It We're all still cool. on yeah. board with it. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, to yeah. be clear. <laughs> Uh, we actually ranked these episodes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we don't, uh, yeah. Is it true that we do not know each other's ranking? I believe it's true. Okay, let's start. Oh, God. Uh, number six. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Cork, what did you put as number six? Walking Distance. Whew. Did not hold up. That's a beloved episode. That's a sweet it's episode. It's interesting. I think, uh, I wonder if the kids, when they went back to school on Monday, said, remember when that guy was shouting out your name chasing you around in a circle in the carousel and you broke your leg oh that's interesting so that's the sequel is then he's like tortured and ridiculed by the kids and he's haunted by this guy and it messes with his mind more and more yeah. and then that affects the future version of himself yeah. more and more until he just becomes a deranged madman yeah and I know he's that like we... i have to find this guy i have yeah. to track him down oh yeah we've yeah. most certainly agonized over this episode so i don't want to get too into it but no i thought was like seven years ago yeah <laughs> i thought it was really striking that it, this is one of those episodes where you're like, do they think we're really dumb? Yeah. Or is he really dumb? Because oh, like, yeah, for sure. He sees himself carving his name as a little boy under the, the uh, gazebo. Yeah. And he's like, that's me. And he's like chasing after him. And then he sees a guy who's got a car with a rumbler seat. And he's like, hey, it's just a new car, a 1935. And he's, he's like, like this you, is new? Did you say 1935? This is after he's met his parents. His parents. This is after he's met his and, parents and, and also, saw himself as a child. We know that this specific summer was the best time of his life, yeah. and he thinks about it constantly. So if right. he saw exactly what his parents looked yeah. like and exactly what he looked like, <laughs> but it's the car that does it for him. Wait, are you telling me? Yeah. And also like when he's chasing after the child saying his own name. Martin! Martin! Martin. Martin. Me! (laughs) Me! (laughs) Come here, me! Yeah, I forgot to... In my mind, that's such a sweet episode, and I think the father's performance really holds up. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the father's speech is obviously the strongest point of that entire episode, but... I forgot just what a jerk that guy is overall. Like, oh, he's a maniac. From the opening scene, <laughs> he just honks 3,000 times, and then the guy at the gas station goes to help him, and he's like, oh, it's okay, I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. He's like, what are you, yeah, what are you I noticed doing? that, too. It's like, yeah. dude, chill then. Yeah. yeah. Like, but he's like, he's just harassing people, even when he's in the park, and he's like, boy, the summer, huh? You remember the smells and the lakes and the the, the lakes? Yeah. He's like, okay, buddy. Yeah, I really like that moment when he when he first talks to that kid where he like, he... He's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not Martin, huh? Well, check this out. And he like goes to dig into his uh, wallet and gets his license, and the kid just like ghosts. He's right. just like, actually, I'm, I'm like, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was. Ron Howard, yeah, yeah. And he looks over his shoulder too, is before he goes into his house, like, what the hell is this guy? Yeah, just yeah. an insane yeah. man. But I like, and I don't know if we talked about it last time. I'll have to go back and listen to this podcast at some point. But I like the idea that he is out of line. Like the entire message is like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you can't, can't step into the same river twice. You can't go back. This is this kid's time. You need to yeah. live with it and move on. Yeah. It's still an interesting message. But I like the idea that like he's penalized by the, for that physically mm-hmm. by breaking the kid's leg and now he forever has to walk with this limp and he has to walk a mile and a half with this yeah. bum leg. Now, but I just love the idea that it's like you tried to pull a fast one on your own memory and mm-hmm. now here's yeah, your curse. Yeah, I think that that physical cost really works for me too. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually I rank this one much higher. Spoilers. Ooh, later for my, okay. Uh, but I, I think that also part of that maybe um, is, is me being um, 
seduced by that documentary at the end mm. where they talk about this incredibly personal story that Rod Serling's daughter shares about how he's like, oh, yeah, uh, my dad never got to say uh, goodbye to his dad and yeah. he, that was his greatest life's regret and he always mm-hmm. wished he could go back and do that and then they cut right to walking distance where he's like goodbye father and he's like <laughs> goodbye son and it's like yeah. ah shit. like <laughs> oh, sorry that got me yeah. Uh, yeah but um i also i i really like the physical cost because it's like it's um it's kind of a, a more subtle message which is not saying a lot but like in across all of these episodes there was not a lot of subtlety i don't mm-hmm. think twilight zone is you know a particularly subtle show right but i, I kind of like that it, that was just a thing that happened that they didn't have mm-hmm. to be like look what's become of you because of your and it seems very much in twilight zone's wheelhouse to have that moment oh, yeah, sure. i fully expected it right yeah yeah after the, like he agonized over the rambler the, <laughs> the rumble seat or whatever but and to be clear like the fact that this is ranked so one of these episodes had to be ranked number right. six of six. This right. is like picking the worst flavor of Starburst in a bag. Where <laughs> yeah, I'm like, these eh, are like all, all these. Yellow. These are all good episodes, right? Yeah, right, I think right. that's true. Yeah, there was not one that like I because I did not know what episodes they were going to show. So there's yeah. not one that came up and I was like, ah, not this one. But I feel like out of the gate, Walking Distance, you kind of gave like a really? okay, maybe I did. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll watch this uh-huh. again. I uh, I felt like that too. I think um, it's interesting because I think before rewatching these, I would have ranked it lower than yeah. I ended mm-hmm. up ranking it. I liked it a lot more than I thought. I remembered yeah. liking it. So what's your uh, yellow starburst? Oh God, this is uh its controversial. Please. It's a hot take. I don't like to serve man very much, yeah. and that was my number six. Why? Just dumb. It feels uh, like a sci-fi film from the fifties more um, than like some smart commentary. I think that they really fell in love with the pun of the episode, <laughs> and they really build toward it. And yeah. it's uh, like Jordan Peele said in the documentary that it's like a it's a really funny, really great uh, sort of winking twist. Yeah, it's not really how it feels to me. It feels like they really thought they were like doing it. They were like, oh, <laughs> to, it was smart. No, to serve man, get it. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, like I got it. Yeah, but st- I think there's enough lore in that episode is, and like world building and like out of the six episodes that episode moved it has a it story does, yeah. lots of details flying at you I actually really enjoyed rewatching that one sure. I forgot though that like it's not like there's this big musical swell it is such a sudden thing where he's like ah getting on this ship here we go and then the assistant runs out it's a cookbook! And just immediately then he flips and tries I, to get off. The and then the music immediately hits. mask off, too. He's just like, no, get up, get up on that shit. <laughs> the guy's like immediately like pushes him in and is like, well, we're invading now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I look at the, the Kahneman guy. Like, he pushes him on the ship and the, the hatch is going up. <laughs> and the actor is just holding his hands up because he had to help the door. And then he just doesn't know what to do. So he just kind of holds his hands like... That actor, I mean... Do you think it's just like a weird accident almost that like we need to have an extremely tall actor? The odds of finding somebody that's like over seven feet tall and also a really great actor is low. So let's just have him speak telepathically. We'll do the VO later. So it's just so many close-ups. It's really funny though. Of, of the candidate's face where it just feels like he's waiting for the camera to start. He's just staring well, and they, like They made him do like a stupefied face the whole yeah. time too. Like the, the, when he's talking telepathically, his face is like... <laughs> it's like, why did they have yeah. him do that? I don't, it, anyway, it like, looks like like part, his face and brain have been completely disconnected. Right, like, right. Yeah. Um, I guess I also uh, I think that there are like weird xenophobic implications to to serve man, right? In a, in a way that makes it sort of an anomaly for um, Twilight Zone episodes, where where it's like aliens are always evil. Yeah, and like, you learned like, the other tr- trusting these people. Oh, uh, geez, that's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. It's like they played this, and then a couple later, they played Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, mm-hmm. which is kind of the opposite point. Right, yeah. right. Well, hey, it takes all kinds, you I know? I guess. People are like all over. I don't know. What's the so Twilight like Zone is a land of yeah. contrast. I do like, too, how they would show stock footage of the United Nations and, like, this giant room. And then they would show the Twilight Zone version with the actors, and it's just this table slightly <laughs> larger than this yeah. with just a solid wall behind them and just, like, some fairly broad stereotypes. I love the idea of an alien walking in, and then the the Secretary General, whatever it is, is like, well, I guess most of the important countries are here. You yeah, want to go ahead and ask a question? And then they yeah. suddenly turn to, like, kindergartners, like, oh, ooh, Argentina, yeah. Argentina, I got a question over here. And I love that. What? There's, like, two journalists in the room before yeah. the alien arrives, and the Secretary General is talking about, you know, the candidates having landed, and the journalist runs up and he's like, 
what do they look like? And then the second journalist jumps in and goes, yeah, what do they look like? <laughs> Come on, journalism. This is the best we got. Just doubling up on that very basic question. Uh, yeah, Washington Post, I would also like to inquire, uh, what do they look like? <laughs> is it this guy right here? <laughs> is you him? Weirdo. What's that about nitrates? No, I'm listening. <laughs> God, yeah, I feel like... 40% of that episode is that lie detector scene. Like, they yes. go on for so long yeah. of just explaining. The lie detector is very funny, though, because, like, when he's lying, boy, is he lying. It looks like L.A. Noir or something, <laughs> where, where, like, it's like, uh, how did you get here? I walked. And the lie detector just goes nuts. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. all over the place. <laughs> I forgot how much VO there is in that episode, and it's really odd that it is okay, not I, Serling VO, yeah. but instead it's yeah, the, the main character. Yeah, there are two different, there's nested VOs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I think Serling opens it, and then the main character character gives this like pretty cool noir mm-hmm. type monologue. He has a great voice. I, I, yeah, I actually really like the the monologue in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said I would be swayed. I still like to serve man. Maybe I'll uh, rearrange it on my. Did ranking. you know that they're going to show that? Oh yeah, I okay. I thought like if they're going to do six Twilight Zone yeah. episodes, there's no way to serve really? man. Really? Yeah, I guess so. The fact that they weigh them is they're it's, <laughs> that's pretty the good. Ship yeah. is such a dumb funny yeah. in his lips. The that part is really dumb and the whole uh, last sequence is so silly where he like he looks right at the camera and he's like so are you here with me or are you on the ship (laughs) (laughs) think about it man did you want to see their fantastical baseball sport Uh, I did want to see that and they got shopping malls where you can dig anything you want it's like spun gold (laughs) what are they are the cannabis faking letters from that lady's sister because she's like my sister wrote me a letter she says it's great there it's like, what? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. Are they just writing a bunch of letters? Maybe they have like a test group, and those guys get lucky, and they can actually just go hang out on the planet, mm. and that's where they take their sample size. Why is he carrying a cookbook with him? Yeah, why did he leave that <laughs> there? Just to just to like to like stunt on them. Just that's like, you idiots! <laughs> like, look, I'm just gonna leave my cookbook out. Yeah. No, seriously, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm just leave <laughs> yeah. it on the table. I swear, you idiots <laughs> literally can never translate this because that's not how language works. <laughs> not, not at all. Code. That was another thing that bothered me. Is that like why would we ever be able to translate an alien yeah. language? Like right. why would why would it have the same structure that ours yeah. would? It, we, well, we tried single encryption. Yeah. Double encryption and every other thing we could try. It was like, yeah. wow, they tried double encryption. That said, I do think, as far as you know, fantastical sci-fi details go, mm-hmm. that's that's dumb if you think too much about it. I still think it's a clever idea that like the cover is fully capitalized, so they're mm-hmm. able to crack that yeah. first, but yeah. nothing else. I think that's a really clever way of structuring that yeah. reveal. And they're like, well, this, this this race is obsessed with teaspoons and pinches, but we don't know what the rest of this is. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, my number six. Yeah? Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Here we go, buddy. Time enough at last. Really? I think so. And I think a little bit comes back to your point, Cork, of just like, yeah, it's a fun twist, and it's mm-hmm. memorable because it's just like, oh, boy, they really screwed that guy. But what what is the lesson? What are we doing? And not every Twilight Zone needs to have, yeah. you know, an Aesop's Fable quality. I totally get it, and I... The, I think it's the best performance out of mm-hmm. really? these six. Sure. I think so. It's Burgess Meredith. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just the most fun, right? Yeah. But it's just a slog, and it doesn't make any sense why everybody hates this guy for reading so much. And his wonderful wife, I forgot what a delight she She's was. She's so mean. She's the meanest person on planet Earth. Yeah. Like, no, almost to the point of misogyny, right? Where it's like, <laughs> like she's so shrewish that it's like, okay, like, chill. Like, <laughs> it's like, you could feel somebody being like, well, women, right? It's like, okay. like They're always scribbling out pages in her book in excruciating detail. It's yeah. not like she just scribbled on each page. And she, she like, takes so much joy in it. Oh, she's so yeah. into it. Like, when she's ripping the pages mm-hmm. out of the book, she's like, she's got this, like, demented smile yeah. on her face. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then, as bad as she is, it's, it's like, <laughs> the show is like, all right, watch this. <laughs> if you think <laughs> scribbling in a book is bad, no, no. This is what you get your reader. You big dork. It's amazing that he's just stumbling around for a little while before realizing, like, oh, there's a library right over there. So how would you uh, fix this episode, maybe? How would you make the parable quality of it work? Oh, that's an interesting question. So you're giving me the challenge that Rod Serling gave his students to improve (laughs) his writing. You have to criticize it. Um, Okay. Just zone out and get a load of this, everybody. Hell yeah. What if the wife got a comeuppance? 
Oh. Well, she was vaporized by the atom bomb. I'd say that's a better ending. How about he finds all these books and then the last book on the stack next to the complete works of Shaw Mm. is How to Build a Robot Lady Who Is Nice. And he looks at it. (laughs) The classic. He looks at the camera and says, are you with with me, boys? (laughs) And winks. Or what if he was like a writer and he was, instead of reading, uh-huh. he was trying to write and he was annoying his wife by constantly writing his own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he Ooh, and then he doesn't have anybody to show his writing to. And or he doesn't have anything to write about. Or, it's like, I, all I have are ruins now. I don't right. have any subject material. Oh, how, the ode to the couch number four. <laughs> or how about you make him just a huge jerk that was and what he's I was completely unlikable. Yep. Yeah. So then when it happens, you're like... Good. Four o'clock style. It's an interesting case where Burgess Meredith kind of works against the parable, right? Because we're so sympathetic because he's just a cute big glasses dude who's bumbling and he just wants to read. And it's like, just let him read. And and the people that are pitted against him, he's clearly the good guy all the time. I mean, and he's so cute and charming. He like asked that a bank teller later, lady, it's like, have you ever read David Copperfield? And it's like, oh, like I would love to meet a a dude who would ask me that. I would talk to him. Really? As you're getting shorted a buck? Yeah. I I would be like, you shortchanged me again. I think one of the greatest feats of his performance is, can you imagine wearing those glasses? Your vision would just be effed. Like, okay, we need to wear these impossible glasses that magnify everything and then keep your eyes completely wide-eyed the entire time. And then, like, the stage lighting, like, if you turn your head the wrong way, your face is on fire. Oh, my God. You probably couldn't see it all, ironically, while giving that performance. Oh, Mm -hmm. for sure. I I love the detail, and I forgot about it, how... And I don't understand technically what's happening here, but somehow, like, the shockwave of the bomb, like, closes the book... And then also shatters his watch. Or it opens the book. book, Opens the book. Yeah, before you feel the impact. I really like that. It's so weird and and specific. And then it puts his glasses on his chin, and he doesn't think to... And we've seen what his vision is like, because it shows it from his point of view. And his glasses... I guess he's so stunned, but like his glasses are on his chin for a little bit... A little bit too long. And why didn't mm. his glasses shatter when the bomb went off? His, his watch right next to it off. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's tricky. What would you do if you were him? Would you uh, crawl around for the gun? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was another uh, stark part of this to me. Is I like I know Twilight Zone gets dark, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't remember that part where yeah. it's like he fully puts a gun up to his head. And I was like, holy crap, Twilight <laughs> yeah. Zone. Like, this is like, this is a man who monologues about committing suicide yeah. and is about to do it. I, that was uh, stunning to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting, though, too. Like, earlier he says, like, he's been so hard up for reading that he's, like, reading <laughs> labels on ketchup novels. And his yeah. wife won't let him, you know, whatever. But, like... Surely he he could read like I saw a sign that said sporting goods like before he found the gun. Well, like, seemed pretty good. He could just read whatever. That's also a really interesting characterization because it's like, oh, this guy loves reading. He loves like literature. He loves stories. But it, and then it's like it's slowly revealed over time. No, he has like a weird compulsion to yeah. read anything yeah. because he's right. like, I want to read the labels on my ketchup bottles. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that's not what re- like that's not what a reader is. Like, <laughs> that's like a that's something that's like a psychological compulsion, right? Right. It's, right. But yeah. I I mean. It is a pretty funny joke, though. Yeah. But, like, uh, now my wife won't let me use the ketchup. It's like a pretty... And now you realize, oh, yeah, she's boiling the labels off of everything because she's a <laughs> literal Scrub- monster. About. It, you joke about whatever, gamers being the first readers or whatever you said. <laughs> that was really smart. But, like, it is striking that with the new Twilight Zone, they didn't remake this for, like, modern fandom and mm. just somebody obsessing about Star Wars or something. Everyone's like, shut That's up, That's a pretty good idea. Up. And then they're, I don't know, they are... Locked in Disneyland or something. Oh, I don't well, know. Electricity's broke. <laughs> that would uh, that would fix the problem with this episode because a modern fandom obsessed person would not be sympathetic. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, but I guess they they probably won't even do that because not to spoil anything, but like the Blurry Man episode of the New Twilight Zone, mm. like it has a lot of homages to this. Yeah, uh, that it feels like they already kind of shot that. What? Is he blurry because you can't see him because you're not wearing your glasses? That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Do you not know the plot of Blurry Man? I don't. You should watch oh it. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry. I should have You should prepared. absolutely just jump right to Blurry yeah. Man. All right. So you're going to need to subscribe to CBS All Access. Yeah, we'll send you a Again. link to CBS All Access. It only works yeah. on the Internet <laughs> Explorer. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have put it past him. It's confusing. Jeff Cork, number five? Number five. Unless we've already said it. Unless we've already said it. No, 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 no. Just go ahead. If I want to know what it is anyway. Monsters are due on Maple Street. Oh, wow. interesting. All right. Yeah. Number five. I used to think I liked that one more than I I've discovered that I do. Yeah? What 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 stood out this time? Uh, 
put my ass to sleep. <laughs> oh, I, literally. Does that, have, does that have something to do with it being uh, the last one, and you were sort of? I was like wide awake for sure. the the documentary. Oh, interesting. But yeah, I just found uh, maybe uh, that's probably one of the ones I've seen most recently again too. I yeah. rewatched it with my kids because like I had I thought yeah this is a pretty good one. You know what I mean? It's kind of right. spooky in a weird way. I just. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's fine. It had been so long since I'd seen it in my mind, and this is very stupid, and I know that mm-hmm. I hosted a Twilight Zone podcast, but in my mind, I combined it with the shelter. Like oh, that episode yeah. about the shelter. I'm like, I think at some point they go to a shelter. It's like, oh, no, no, those are two separate things. Yeah. Those are conceptually somewhat similar Oh, episodes. yeah. There's yeah. so many weird dualities throughout yeah. the Twilight Zone, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, yeah, but that one, I actually, I enjoyed it more. And even though the ball gets rolling from the kid just saying i Wait, read it's uh, way too fast that was like one of my big problems with it too. totally yeah. but other than that stupid starting point i felt like it tracked emotionally better than i remembered it where it's like yeah, yeah i get it i get them freaking out the car turning off and on it's like that's also you, a little bit of a stretch but beyond that like it feels pretty normal for like yeah this is how people are i, I felt like i had to i had to zoom out a little bit and view it from a little bit of a distance where it was like okay like i know that the idea is that they want to get these people to paranoia mm-hmm. and then see that so like the the means by which they got them to paranoia yeah were definitely uh shaky at mm-hmm. best i mean the kid i really hate that framing device where the where the kid was like uh well i read this story and this is what you're not supposed to do in the story and they're all like immediately like that seems like it makes sense mm-hmm. right that's exactly they're... what's happening here and the only way you can frame it to make sense is like they're all just so scared they're yeah. all so scared about what happened right you know how you can make that episode better though is if mm. you think about this was a starting point uh earthlings discovered this plot and then we're like, okay, they're manipulating electricity. We'll defeat these aliens, right? Yeah. Then they took the blueprints for this UFO uh-huh. and launched a space probe to investigate other planets to do the mm. same thing. Mm. And then invaders, that, if you will, and that leads to the invaders. and they landed on a planet that does this not have the, any electricity whatsoever. And they're like, oh crap! <laughs> this, this is the shared awful. Twilight Zone universe. Exactly. All yeah, of these like, episodes exactly. take it's place. Along. They, they see a house and they're like, oh man. <laughs> gonna blow this lady's mind when we flip the lights out enough. Really? Should we just talk about the invaders at this point? <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to say about monsters uh, are due? I like monsters are due a lot. It was I my. It was way up there for me. That, but uh, oh, that I, crappy guy, the, the drunk guy, he cracks oh, me he's up. So good. He's a great, great, great performance. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. awesome. Uh, I watched that one in high school. I think it was one of the first Twilight Zones we watched, like for a high school class. Okay. They were like, this is writing. You got to check this out. Yeah. Uh, and I think everybody else in my class except for me was like, God, this sucks. This is so stupid. <laughs> and I was like, this rules. Um, yeah, for was, sure. Also uh, just made me really want to. Really, I really want to rewatch The Thing, obviously, after yeah. watching that. It's like, oh, that's so classic. I wonder the timing of the original Thing film well hang on no the original thing film now that i think about it it's not a body swap thing at all so that doesn't make sense i was trying to figure out which one came first but instead and the first thing is just a vegetable alien mm-hmm. monster guy um the invaders should we just talk about the invaders yeah sure uh that was my number four anyway it was my number four also is that right <clears throat> yes it's my number one is it really uh, in terms oh, wow. of just if you t- talk about like what is the most fun thing to watch in a movie theater well look angus Morehead, that that is my biggest beef is that's I know people, she had an unwinnable for role. sure, but yeah, she doesn't have to really be so over the top. Like yeah. she can be subtle. I know that she's not technically a human being, but like, there's a way to do that. That she's just a freaked out woman who can still scream mm-hmm. with these things invading. She doesn't have to be so bizarre. And like, especially when she's like going, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like that's the cut to the commercial. Yeah. It's like that's their big sting. The, the just, sounds were not. I mean, I like. I remember the first time I watched it. I was like, is the twist that she's like a mute woman? Right. Like, is, does mm. she have like a hearing impairment or something? Right. Um, and maybe and, the, you're saying like back in the day they're trying to make those sounds to kind of lead you in that direction. I, I don't. I don't know if I think that necessarily. Yeah. But like, it's clear that the twist ends up being. I guess spoilers. Uh, um, <laughs> First mention. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> that that she's not a human being; she's a like an alien giant. Yeah, and that's why she's making those noises because that's right. like the the giant noise. Right. Um, but even before she's being attacked, like just the performance of her like making the stew or whatever, and she's like, it's like she's doing charades <laughs> for making a stew. It's like this is an actress. She has a moment where she cuts a slice of something and puts it in her mouth, and she's like eating it, and it like. Goes in her mouth a little bit, and then yeah. somehow it's like ejects out again. Yeah, it's, it's like a disc the, of like a piece of and this is, or something. It's like the Christ chip. Yeah, yeah. and this is Christ. 
Look, the I think it's you know. a good. Uh, this is right after Rod Serling gives um, one of my maybe least favorite opening monologues too from the Invaders because it's like it's really weirdly like clumsily condescending, right? Where where he's like. This is a this is a simple woman living by herself in a shack somewhere, <laughs> and it's like like it's like they're implying some form of like rural pastoral simplicity. Right. Common idiot. Yeah, that's, yeah. he all Local but says dumb that, dumb. and it's like what what's happening? Like what? Right. And it, it turns out that he's he's being coy to like mm-hmm. uh, to hide the twist, but it, it really feels like he's being like. These morons who live <laughs> out in the countryside, and it's like, yeah. well, you don't have to be this mean to this woman, like. Yeah. Can you make an edit of this episode where her footsteps are like giant thunderclaps? Oh, so that it really like I was thinking foreshadowing that she's really big. That's smart. I was thinking watching this episode, I'd love for somebody to mix it with like stereo sound and listen to that with headphones, so you can hear like the because it's so funny how every time you hear the footsteps, (laughs) it's clearly just foley work of somebody making normal human footsteps, and then you see them and they're yeah just volus from Mass Effect. It's so good. You can see the person's hand like doing the. Oh. <laughs> and then when they just say F it at some point just like throw the yeah. doll at her. <laughs> you tell somebody was off screen just like Ugh. yeah. there's the one part where like he grabs one of her knives and he's holding this big long knife can and you then, imagine how big that is that's like beyond so buster sword yeah you said the buster sword I <laughs> yeah. thought that was good and then he he like stabs through the like the doorknob height yeah and it's like how does he have a jetpack that he just never uses uh, that, and then she like reaches and grabs. Ah, that ah. is a messed up scene. I forgot yeah, about it's that. It's really good, yeah, right? Yeah, grabbing it, like, for a doorknob and it's a knife. And it, and it oh. worked. Like yeah. the person behind me was like, oh. and totally. I, and, uh, like when I love hearing like that, right? Uh, and that was like one of the big moments in the theater that I was like, wow, I'm so glad I saw this in the theater because like I yeah. can't believe hey, that I gotta stop you. Oh. I gotta stop you. You're saying theater. Yeah. Do you oh, always say yeah. that? Everybody gets me for this. What this is, is this? A is topic an, of conversation. Is that on an my accent? Podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I've been from Minnesota my whole life. Fancy Minnesota population I, what do you one. Say? You say theater? Is that yeah, two, two syllables? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna say it this way again. So okay, great. We'd appreciate me. it. No, sorry. I haven't been recorded saying it any other way. So <laughs> no. you don't know. Oh, the lady behind us also gasped when the guy's glasses broke. Yes, really yes. Good, yeah. To serve man, that was another one. Like, <laughs> she was like the perfect, perfect candidate for this. That's yeah. amazing. Would it have killed them? AMC. I don't look. They didn't even care about the screening enough to hit play. <laughs> but like, <laughs> would it have killed them to do some fun gags of like at the end of to serve man, just have somebody dress up as a calumet, like walk in and then like, oh, wrong theater, and then I'm trying to see Midway, and then uh, they turn around or sit in front of someone who looks the grumpiest. <laughs> <laughs> Or like at a certain point, just take an invader doll and just like chuck it at someone <laughs> in the audience with an actual knife in its hand. That'd I would fun. I would love an invader doll, like one of those yeah. little. Yeah, like, they sell oh, wow, them. It'd be so good. Oh, speaking of, we got Twilight Zone oh, yeah. on set. We got Aww. Bob Wilson up there. It's very surprising that uh, I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, that Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet wasn't one of the. It's chosen really titles. odd. That mm. definitely would have made my like top three probably uh, not yeah not in terms of quality but in terms of like if if, you're, if you have to show twilight zone episodes that's the one right well or especially like, because in the documentary i love that they had donner on there to talk about uh filming that a little bit yeah, but like really cool i mean that was such a huge chunk of that documentary yeah. it's weird that that didn't make the cut yeah yeah come on which uh which episode would you have replaced with Twenty Thousand feet I mean, number six was time enough at last, but you can't replace that. No. I think, like, the least iconic episode out of these, oh, I hate to say it, I think it's The Invaders. Mm. I mean, maybe. You know. I love watching The Invaders, but I think it's the least iconic. I love The Invaders a lot, too. Um, I think that, that it's it's unfortunate that, like, maybe more so than most of these episodes, it feels its age quite mm. a bit, right? In terms I don't know, of, the documentary they said that nothing in Twilight Zone has aged a it's day. It's aged so. at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I... I think it's conceptually really strong, and like I again, I, I feel like it. There's some subtlety to it. Like mm-hmm. I really like the idea from the jump that that the ideas we're supposed to empathize with this person, and we do end up like, mm-hmm. and so the twist like works, even though you uh, maybe kind of see it coming, and yeah. it's a little bit silly at the end. And by the way, the twist, yeah, is that they're human beings, and it's the first ever one of yeah. them is named Gresham, <laughs> right? And they don't talk up until that ending when everything's <laughs> falling <laughs> apart. It's very confusing. It's Gresham and I are finished. Finished. <laughs> finished and i promise i'm not trying to bait you in anything here harry but mm, did, like you, did you think at all about ripley oh yeah okay. of course did you really just yeah. like okay you see like the woman in peril fighting for her life against yeah. two aliens it's like okay 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's the pre-Ripley Ripley, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, Get away from me, you bastard. <laughs> uh, one of my, we can move on from Invaders, but one of my oh, favorite things oh, about it oh, yeah, go ahead. No, is please, that yeah. uh, um, I love the little the little laser guns that they use. Yes. Oh, yes. And, and I also love that like they they make blisters on her skin, yeah. which is so yeah. so gross and so scary. That, and yeah. there's no reveal of that. Like it doesn't show like beep, 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 beep. And then she's like, ah, and she's got a blister. It's just like the next scene after she gets mm-hmm. hit by it, you just like see her arm and there are just like these blisters along it. And, and she's, she's like, like putting yeah. water on it and she's yeah. trying yeah. to figure and it out. Th- that's so effective. That was such a good way to yeah. show that. Yeah, um, for sure. In terms of like, oh, she's being tortured in some way and then you don't know what it is. And it's like, oh, it turns out it's weaponry you couldn't imagine. It's sort of biological weapon, I guess. Yeah. Like, that's the best they got against well maybe it works really well against humans mm. probably does i mean but like if a big it, giant lady like a big blister turns them into the end of akira <laughs> yeah also hey in terms of connecting these six episodes the ufo is almost identical to the ufo at the end to to serve man except that it's serve man ufo looks so much better it's like the yes. top yeah. rotates it's got ridges on it yeah it's it's ridge for our pleasure i don't know um okay what do you guys uh got for the next one number three are we on number three uh invaders was our number four yes what was your number four uh my number four is monsters are due okay okay, okay let's keep going until we get a new number one. three was to serve man uh mine me. was beholder so we can maybe talk about that. there we one. go all right i the beholder what'd you think yeah. watching it again um i like it a lot i'm a little bit predisposed against it because uh it was the first episode i ever showed my sister um uh, i love this show obviously so i tried to get her into it and i was like you gotta watch this show yeah and she was like that was dumb mm. i saw the twist coming I oh. thought it was silly. I mean, and I was like, "Really?" Like, it, oh. uh, even yeah. if you see the twist coming, and I'd imagine almost everybody yeah. in the modern age sees the twist coming, but I still think it's fascinating. Well, yeah. back up real quick. The teaser for that episode has Rod Serling at bedside putting <laughs> bandages on the lady's yeah. face, yeah. and he's, it's almost like one of those. Oh, hi there! I didn't see you there. <laughs> you caught me wrapping <laughs> up this woman's face. Yeah, and doesn't he say? No, that's the the invaders where he says, you know, don't chicken out. This one, I think he winks, winks at the camera, Yeah, though. he winks at almost all of them. He's yeah. very flirtatious in yeah. those interstitials. I mean, it was like, Rod. He's a passionate <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, I, so your sister didn't didn't have an impact on her? Uh, no. Uh, I, it still works for me really well. Yeah. I like this episode a lot. I think um, it's the meatiest out of the six. Yeah, sure. You know? It's the one you could think about the most. And uh, also, it's like, I think there are those beats, those monologues, which in Twilight Zone, a lot of times, it's just like, hammy cheesy saccharin we get it but mm-hmm. it's still like yeah man like this is some actually really rich content that was the thing that through. really worked for me for this yeah. one right is that like i think that on revisitation a lot of the monologues don't work as well mm-hmm. yeah uh these ones really worked for me for yeah. sure um, i thought like like the the main character what was her name i can't some remember ugly lady i forget yeah <laughs> Uh, but she she gives a lot of really affecting performances and soliloquies in this mm-hmm. uh, in a way that works a lot. I think. The, just to be clear, because in case people are watching and listening, the point is that she's beautiful. Yes, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's beautiful. Episode, yeah, so I'm under sure, the, uh, you don't bandages. think I'm just calling some lady ugly? Yeah, yeah. and she has like a she does not have a bandage hair either. When she takes, it's so funny, man. She she, yeah. she has like a like a movie star yeah. starlet reveal where they take off the and it's like yeah. soft like, filter. Yeah. yeah, and it's like she I, said bandages on for days and like. I will wake up with pillow marks <laughs> after just a nap. Do you think, this is what I first thought when she took those bandages off, I was like, she's better looking than I remember. Mm-hmm. And then thought number two, I bet money that she was self-conscious on set at some point about her looks. Even though oh. the entire point of the episode is how perfect of a human mm-hmm. being she is and also the guy at the end, yeah. I bet both of them are like self-conscious actors in some weird way, right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. The guy at the end also very hot. Uh, I love His, that he had big, yeah. beefy arms he that did. he was, like, buff. And, and also, this like, the tiny only little guy, waist when he walked away. <laughs> the only guy I've ever maybe seen on the Twilight Zone who's wearing, like, a normal shirt, like a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody in the Twilight Zone is always wearing suits. When he, yeah. when he walked up and he was wearing, like, a like a sweatshirt or something. Like I was a like, polo what shirt. Yeah, it was like, yeah. what's happening? Like, who is that? Yeah. The colony in the north. It's yeah. founded on the idea that T-shirts are comfortable. <laughs> Business cash. <laughs> I love the choreography too. It's like, amazing. Like there's the one scene where the doctor is like, you see him in silhouette leaning against the doorway, and then he like rotates, and the nurse's head is just in the right position. And yeah, the, that's uh, the most amazing shot. Right, so amazing. That's, that's the thing of this episode is that you don't see anyone's faces yes. until uh, the big reveal when you yeah. see that that the uh, the doctors and everybody are are like disfigured, right. and she's the only one who's not by our standard. Mm-hmm. Although I think 
That first the, nurse. The first nurse. I think she has a normal face. I yes. know she's wearing makeup. She and face. I think that's another case of like old TV. You wouldn't be able to tell, but now you can. Yes. But overall, it still holds up really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um, Speaking of just going back to the monologues a little bit, like specifically it was her monologue when she's all bandaged up. And, you know, this is maybe as over, top, over the top as it gets, but her just screaming, yeah, the, the, what is it? Oh, the state is not God. God. The state is not yeah. God. It's like, well, and like, like, it's it's a really uh, great instance of like the Twilight Zone just saying it, like just making the mm-hmm. subtext text, yeah. which is like, yeah, you're gonna put me in a ghetto. Like they use the word yeah. ghetto, which is right. wild, right? Uh, and it, it, yeah, I mean, like you you would be forgiven for thinking that um, she was just going to be a black woman, right? Oh, like, that's sort of the subtext that's there, right? Um, right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That's also like the thing that doesn't work for me about this episode is the supreme leader. Um, He's too over the top. It's so over the top. And here's and, your message about yeah, uniformity. It, like, they they show the like the fascist Nazi flags behind him, and he's like, "We're going to talk about the virtues of conformity." And it's like, <laughs> right. okay, uh, all right. Yeah. Also, uh, I love when she's running through the halls and she throws something at the screen, and it doesn't like shatter the screen. It's just, it's just like politely turns it off. It's like <laughs> yeah. she hit the off it's switch the somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, that guy is he on staff then? The normal looking dude, they seem to tolerate him and huh. are able to level with him He's, to the point where he has like a special little office. Wait, did and, he have a special little office? What? Doesn't he have a special? I think that was just the entryway, yeah. wasn't it? Was it? Okay, well, regardless, he's someone that. That's his job. Like, I don't know why. He's contracted they, out. Why they don't just throw these people into a furnace or something. You know what I mean? Like, they hate them so much. And they're like, right. they do say, like, you can kill the, like, that's one of the options that, that we yeah, will I kill you. That or we'll yeah. send really you detail. off to this place, you know, which, which oh, she rightfully calls a ghetto, the farm. Yeah. <laughs> and I love just that little bit of world building, too, of him being like, yeah, one of the options is just extermination. Like, there's a lot of criteria we have to yeah. meet. I don't think this case exactly hits that. Like, that's such a. Unnecessary really detail, so but it just like helps me pad out that world. Like this is a whole society yeah, we got here. But right. then they keep that guy on staff to like work <laughs> through that order when it's like I don't know. It just seems yeah, like a really I bizarre, that, creepy detail. That the yes, and like a lot of those details, especially uh, per, um, particularly the details that you mentioned, Ben, of like uh, the way they try to like humanize it. They try to like make it. It makes it feel so much more plausible. Where mm-hmm. like the doctor is all about like, no, the state is not unsympathetic to your condition. Right. Yeah. Uh, we give you eleven chances to rearrange your appearance, and there are still yeah. look. I, if it doesn't work out, there are still all of these options. Yeah. Like we're going to send you to the, like he makes this this case that he's so sympathetic mm-hmm. and he agonizes over it uh, right. in private with the nurse uh, and yeah that makes it so much creepier than yeah. if they had just been straight up like uh, fully 1984 mm-hmm. which right. is why the supreme leader thing doesn't work for me for I don't sure. think it, yeah. it's necessary in this right yeah like, yeah what's interesting too the, the, the fact that they're trying to treat her because of her skeletal structure and her skin type with yeah. injections where normally yeah. it seems like they do some kind of radical plastic they surgery. They do the Joker thing, yeah. Yeah, they would like... He does mention that. Cl- yeah, he's, exactly, he's, which yeah. is interesting. Really like, interesting. Because normally they would just like just cut your snout off and curl your lip and you we're done. Yeah. Right. Wait, what, what are they mentioning? At, at one the point they're like, oh, because of your, your skeletal structure or something, <laughs> oh, we can't do right. the usual yeah. uh, method or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So they're just like randomly doing shots, which makes sense too, like when they peel back the mask and she looks normal, like if they had been carving her up she wouldn't look that it good, is, probably. It is really funny that, uh, and uh, character consistent, but but right up until the point they take up all the bandages, he's like, no, you need to remain calm. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. And then he takes off the bandages. He's like, no change! No change at all! <laughs> Drop it's like, drops the scissors on the ground. I love to then, in the reaction shots, there's all those close-ups of the different people in the hospital. And I love, especially on the big screen, it's just like, Let's study how the makeup artist did. They because did like, really well. They really did, good. but there's maybe like 30% of those where it's like, could have used a touch up around the <laughs> eyes, you know? But some of them are seamless, you know? Yeah, some of them are really good, and then some of them you can see that that's the lower half of a mask. You know, <laughs> like you can totally see the like hinges or whatever. Right, um, right. Uh, still, yeah, a really, the really, really fast episode. shots of everybody in the room are really good. I really love that. When uh, she's freaking out and trying to leave the hospital room, mm-hmm. and then it like, it cuts like, Wham, 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 wham to like everybody in the hospital room. Uh, right. Oh, the doctor and nurse like in the hallway flirting. Yeah, yeah. That's really yeah. Good. So yeah like a cigarette kind of crammed in his. Oh, they because they're the hot ones. Weird... Like yeah. everybody in the hospital is crazy hot, is yeah. the idea, right? <laughs> well, right. I don't know about that, but just normal, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's like, it's I... not ER. <laughs> 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 that was the George Clooney. Uh, that <laughs> exactly. Doctor. Do you guys. 
if I go back and listen to our old discussion about this and I bring up yeah. the same point, I'm going to pull a time enough at last and put a gun on my mouth. But <laughs> did anybody else think about uh, the Seinfeld episode about the big man during that? Where it's like when they're no. in a hospital. Do you remember that Seinfeld? No. Really? I'm Where sorry. Kramer finds a big man? He's like, it's a big man, Jerry. It's a big man. And so it's like this weird pig man in the hospital that Kramer's trying to like <laughs> save. That has to, it had to have been a reference to this episode, right? I guess. Yeah. But they never make it clear. I don't think that it is a reference, but. He's a pig man. Yeah. You get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on board. All right. Pig you, man. You get the idea. Uh, that was that was a delight. It was a long haul in the mm-hmm. theater, um, but I'm glad we went and. Revisited some old Twilight Zones. Yeah. Are we missing any? We got them all, right? I think we got them all. I think all. we got them all. But what was what was your number one? Did we do that? Uh, okay, so yeah, just give number- our rankings because it was a scattered mess. Number six for me was Time Enough at Last. Number uh-huh. five was Walking Distance. Number four was Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Number three, To Serve Man. Number two, Eye the Beholder. Number one, Invaders. Did Walking Distance, Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, The Invaders, To Serve Man, I had the beholder and time enough at last. Time enough at last was your number Even one. Even that is, so, it makes me so mad because it's so mean. I also think like it's a really tight episode. Mm. I like it. Um, I had number six to serve man. Um, time enough at last. Number five. Uh, Invaders. Number four. I had the beholder. Three. Walking distance. Two. Maple Street. One. So if you had to replace one episode with another episode mm. from the entire run, what would you? Re- which episode would you replace? And what? Would you I mean, I guess at with? that point, if we're not talking about just like what should be in there in terms of being iconic, uh-huh. I would replace time enough at last uh which is so well known and i replace it with when the sky opened which is still mm. <sighs> your number one that was the number yeah. one winner of the franklin was i think it's a good life one but yeah. that was oh, the really? debate was between those two i don't yeah, they're both quite good yeah. yeah that was it was a very close call Man. but that's one that I, we watched and not too long ago we went to zion with some friends mm-hmm. and subjected them to uh when the sky was open and we were both enthralled and then turn the lights up at the end and everyone was kind of like all right hey let's watch really? joyride it's like it had no yeah. impact in the room and it was such a bummer yeah man like, that's such a great episode it's incredible it and it's not i don't know understand why that hasn't risen through the ranks maybe mm-hmm. it's just like there need to be more twilight zone podcasts with people screaming like there's this one episode yeah. when the sky opened that's so effed up yeah. and so fascinating and ages so well and no one talks about it mm-hmm. it's yeah mind-boggling even the, even the character work in that uh, that episode is really good. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. one of those things where like like the the writing could have been bad and it still mm-hmm. would have been a good episode, but for whatever reason the the stars aligned. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, what would you go for, Park? I would, even though I understand if you're looking at a, like a whole collection, I understand the importance of walking distance because it yeah. kind of is a nod for mm-hmm. the nostalgia seeking right. schmaltzy stuff. But I would replace that with. The Fear, because I think that that's a really fun, weird episode. Help me. Which one's the Fear? That's the one where the lady is like agoraphobic. And the guy comes because there's like an alien invasion and there's like a giant thumbprint on the car. Oh my god! Yeah. And the giant it's towards thing. the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a good episode. Yeah. It's. it's just, I think it's. It's a really fun episode too, which I yeah. think fits in kind of the overall theme of the yeah, kind sure. of the night too. Right. They it would could, be like yeah. an invaders like episode. Exactly. Yeah. They could really. Well, judging from the audience turnout, maybe not, but they could like do this in the future with just bundled episodes of Twilight Zone. Like, here's the Western batch, here's mm-hmm. the alien batch, here's, you know. You can the... skip this night batch. Yeah. <laughs> night like... of meek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To like, pr- maybe pretty racist, uh, like voodoo <laughs> night where it's sure. like, oh, we don't have to do that one. Yes. Can, uh, or here's, like, or here's a good, uh, is like a bundle of like famous actors. Oh, yeah. You know, that'd, that'd be, be fun. Get like Robert Redford's death and stuff in there, you know. Yeah, Robert Duvall in his little dollhouse. All the Roberts come out to play. <laughs> yeah. The Robert Knight. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what would you go for? Uh, I think I would replace To Serve Man uh, with Incident at Owl Creek Bridge. Oh, it's still wow. my number one favorite episode. Is that right? Yep. It's such a different one because it was shot different. not as a Twilight Zone episode, right? It, right? Was a, it was a short film that the Twilight Zone like bought yeah. and made into. And Rod Serling actually shouts out in the uh, opening monologue. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this was a short film that we bought, yeah. <laughs> which is wild. Uh, and it's based on an Ambrose Bierce uh, short story. It's really mm-hmm. good. Have you read this short story yeah. too? Yeah. It's How great. short are we talking? It's pretty short. It's, okay. Uh, you should read it. And, they, and then I died. <laughs> That's how it, it was yeah. a rope all along. Yeah. Uh, well, Clark kind of stepped on it, but you should still watch that. You've never seen yeah, it. Because that's another episode. one that people don't yeah. really talk about that yeah. much. And it's 
an awesome it's idea an awesome for episode. a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, there's incredible. a great song in the middle of it. It's French. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very Death Stranding. Yeah, just to have this big climactic song. Also, you you mentioned in To Serve Man, like his little. His little cubby room looked like the Death Stranding. <laughs> oh, it totally looked like he has like a mirror that he pushed a button and the mirror went, and then like the sink came out of a drawer. Uh, I love that he presses the same button to get all of those different. Yeah, yeah it's double tap. Yeah, exactly. Well, the props sink. are expensive. I thought sure. it was weird when the Calumet was like, "What would you like to eat?" And he's like, "Monster energy drink, please. <laughs> Make it a double." Yeah. <laughs> when he threw that grenade filled with his own pee yeah. at the aliens to get them to leave the planet. Yeah, was... I got something for you to serve. Here's a little appetizer, buddy. A moose bouche. <laughs> you want to taste, douche? man? Taste this. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know what the future looks like, Cork. Uh, Twilight Zone's coming back for season two. At some point. We're legally obligated to cover it. <laughs> yep. Ride that to the ground because no one's going to be talking. People stop talking about the last run after the first episode. Very fast. There yeah, was like, that's true. There was a bubble for Blurry Man. Even that dissipated quickly. Season two, season three, this thing, it's going to be radio silence except for Twilight Highlight Zone. Mm-hmm. But an episode we talked about for so long was doing all of The Simpsons. Oh, the Treehouse of Horrors that are inspired that, oh, that's by that's a great yes. idea. And now with Disney Plus, there's yes. no easier way to watch The Simpsons. In a suboptimal format, though. Yeah, because it's 16.9. It's cropped... Versions of the yeah yeah are they so, gonna fix that? Do you think? I hope they do. I mean, like famous already, so there's you, a lot of pressure. Are they still on FX? I don't know because I know you could watch them question. all on FX. What do I, I have to log would... in with like my charter? I don't know how to do that. Oh my god, it's like going to a website and putting in a six digit. I don't code. Know. honestly, it's it seems it's super easy to do. So I don't need to have a thing if any have, sort of subscription. You, you have like Xfinity or whatever. I. Uh, Yes, we'll take but, not, but not TV. All of The Simpsons is free on FX? Yeah. I didn't know on that. Demand, that yeah. seems That's huge. Do you have Xfinity TV? I don't know. No. Yeah, I exactly. I don't PS4, think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very confusing. Anyways, Cork, uh, I would love to do that in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, but probably don't expect regular episodes of Twilight Highlight Zone until season two. Until they make some <laughs> Yeah, episodes. you done did them all. What do you want it's from over. us, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's confusing. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for coming by this freezing cold studio. It's a little bit like Midnight Sun uh, in this studio Ooh, where it's slowly yeah. getting colder and colder. Is it going to slowly get hotter next? I hope so. Once I turn the space heater on, the outer space heater. Okay, that's this episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. Um, again, if you enjoyed this video, if you're watching the video version, you can subscribe to the audio version so you don't miss anything in the future. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, I'd encourage you to check out uh, MinMax, which is a Patreon, patreon.com slash MinMax. Two ends. Two ends. Um, and uh, you'll support this type of different content in the future. It's not all going to be video games. We're going to talk about how TV shows from the 50s relate to Death Stranding as well. Very smart stuff. <laughs> Very smart stuff. All right. And as we that's always the say. That's right? That's right. MinMax, 